So what does love have to do with it? To me, everything, really. I've been a Unitarian now since about uh, 1984. Been a member of seven different churches. I've been on the president of the board of this congregation. I've been on the district board. I did uh, children's youth work for 17 years with uh, part of it with my dear spouse, Susan, uh, both here, Texas, and Michigan. I've, uh, I was part of the group that created the Heartland District out of the old Michigan District and part of Kentucky and Ohio. I've been on the National Youth Council for the UUA. And I've seen a lot of UUs and a lot of things come and go. And, you know, one of the things that's it's always uh, universal to all those, you'd be surprised, maybe, maybe I know we all think we're very unique, but there's a remarkable similarity between Unitarian Universalist churches. And part of it is our concept of love, I think. And the things that we say every Sunday to value the inherent worth and dignity of every human being. That's hard. That's powerful. I think if this young man in Charleston had been taught that lesson, his life would have taken a different turn. Years ago, when I was first uh, tapped as president for the uh, board here at All Souls, I was unemployed at the time. I was going around, uh, couldn't really afford to give to the church, so I decided I would do things for the church. And if something was broken, I would show up and fix it. Toilets, lights, whatever. Susan was the administrator at that time, and someone said, who's doing all this work? And someone else said, Robert. And apparently the first candidate they asked to be president said no. <laughs> so they asked, and I accepted. And as part of that, I felt it uh, kind of my duty to become involved in district affairs. Back then, we were very involved in district and denominational affairs. And so I went to my very first Southwest Conference meeting in Dallas. And as is the way with conferences, there was the hired pro that they flew in to give the keynote speech. And I recall that in his keynote speech, he said that uh, he couldn't love everyone. It was too hard. Some people just really weren't lovable. And the thing that was most disconcerting about this pronouncement was that the room erupted into cheers and applause. Now, I was still a fairly newly minted UU, about three, four years into it, and I still carried around my principles and purposes in my wallet. <laughs> and I snatched them out and looked, yeah, okay, inherent worth and dignity, and interdependent web and all that. And what does this guy mean he can't love everybody? What in the world is that all about? Uh, and yet his speech was very popular, and I realized what he had done is he let them all off the hook. And that's actually led me on a long journey over this whole love thing and how it relates to us and to the rest of the world and what to think about it. 
Uh, there are many who think of me as an atheist, I'll tell you that right now. Uh, I've always said that I was a cheerful agnostic, that I was willing to be proven wrong. <clears throat> However, <laughs> hadn't happened yet. But in this concept that Dr. King lays down about agape love and this familial sense of goodwill towards all people, that resonated with me when I first read that book. That's, uh, if anybody's interested, when Susan uh, first went over to examine the campus at uh, Perkins to see if she wanted to go there, we visited the bookstore and I purchased this. It's called A Testament of Hope and it is the complete writings and speeches and four books of Dr. Martin Luther King. Um, it's amazing. I, as you can see, I've abused mine a little bit. And then I read this Dan Simmons book, and I, you know, it's weird, you find the darndest things in science fiction. A man named E.E. E. Doc Smith in 1912 predicted atomic fusion in one of his books. But this idea that it's actually love that's hardwired into the universe and us as the defining powerful force, that struck a chord for some reason with me. And I thought about that, that's the thing that the ability for empathy and compassion, which leads to love, is a remarkably human thing. And it's something that can't be quantified yet. <laughs> I see you, Amanda. <laughs> and yet that's the thing. That's the power that I think that can change the world. I remember back in the early 70s with the Jesus Freak movement. That was when the whole God is love thing started. That was sort of the hippie version of charismatic Christians. Um, lots of my friends came to school spouting Bible verses overnight. And I was like, Did you, were you up all night studying that? And he said, no, I actually, I've known it all along. I just started taking it seriously. That started me thinking too. Well, the thing that I've kind of in my heart known all along because my mother kind of raised me that way about love and family and friends and community and how important that was to, to an individual and to the community. And as I kept thinking about this man that I heard in Dallas and these things that I had read, I decided that's also the answer for UUs because you wouldn't believe this, but UU churches get up to a lot of stuff in the background. Here we are, we're all liberal religionists. Uh, we all have sort of the same problems with the world, I think. And yet, we are as difficult as anybody to get along with amongst ourselves. You, uh, you, you wouldn't believe it. You walk down the halls and you, th and you hear, well, that person, that, these people, those people, and I can't believe that that person on the board that I've never told how I feel is doing that. <laughs> but they know that they're wrong. <laughs> well, no, as, as Dr. King teaches us later in his, in his book, the person that you're in conflict is neither wrong nor evil in their own mind. Never. Never. And knowing that in your heart and approaching them with love and fellowship, I believe can erase a whole lot of problems. If we all just remember to teach, to treat each other as well as we treat our children, I believe, or our parents. To approach them with, yes, love, that agape kind of familial, brotherly, sisterly love. It's the easiest thing in the world to do. Um, 
I'll actually read it in a few moments, but Robert Heinlein suggested to his character, Lazarus Long, that it was like a muscle. He says that the more you love, the more you can love. And the more intensely you can love, and the more people. And it's, it's like the old Prell commercial, and so on, and so on, and so on. And your circle gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. It also allows me to think of people like this young man in Charleston. I don't dislike him. I don't hate him. I don't wish horrible things for him. I'm sad for him. I think somewhere in his life he was failed by the people around him, by his community. I think that's where a lot of criminals come from, is people who don't, who somehow are disconnected from that ability to empathize and to have compassion. So what do you do about it? Well, you start small. You start with the people in the pews next to you. You start with, yes, the board and working committees of your church. With your city council. You know, instead of sitting around saying, oh, that guy on the council, he's wrong, he's wrong, he's wrong. Enter into dialogue with that person. Susan was once part of a group, uh, part of her faculty, the Unitarian author Fred String, an amazing man. He wrote many books on religion and the religious life. Uh, and he was part of a group known as the Texas Mafia of the Buddhist Christian Dialogue Movement. <laughs> now each year, a group gathers, four Buddhists, four Catholics, four Jews, four Protestants, uh, and so they invited four of the seminary students along, uh, and Susan was able to go. And one of the things that came out of that first meeting for her was the idea that Unitarian Universalism, at its core, when you examine everything about it, has the potential to be the largest, most effective religious dialogue movement in the world. We have that power, we have that capability. And that's what we should be about doing, is being in dialogue with people. However, one of the things that I think impedes us is that we have that word tolerance that we say a lot. I think we should change our mind. It should be acceptance. Acceptance, inclusion, love. And all of that comes out of empathy and compassion for your fellow human being. It's tough. It's tough when you're mad to not lose that connection. It's not an easy thing, really, to be a good Unitarian Universalist. It's not for everybody. It's, it's hard. And yet we have to carry that empathy, that compassion, yes, that love in our hearts at all times for each other and our fellow human beings. And yes, to actually enter in dialogue. Too often, that tolerance lives itself out by being silent. People being uncomfortable saying what they believe because they're afraid someone will go, <laughs> how could you believe that? <laughs> Which has actually happened to me once before uh, at a church I was visiting. I won't say where it was. Um, but yeah, so to wrap all this up, empathy, compassion, and love is the answer. Love will find a way. 
it's actually one of, one of the things that our entire society is hung up on because I think they get it wrong. They think of eros or phylos, that romantic sense of love, which exists absolutely. We are as romantic as anybody with ourselves. But we also have a lot of love for our friends and extended family, co-workers. When I first started working in the record business, there was a machine called the Muse machine. And it was basically a database of all of the recorded music in existence at the time. And one day, you could search uh, by just a single word in a song, and it would show you how many songs that word appeared in. And I typed in the word love. And it hit over 25,000 times. I think if we got it right, we'd just need one. Be loving, be compassionate, be kind, have empathy for everyone. No matter how mad you get or how wrong you think they are. They are, after all, our fellow traveler. And if we are the wonderful thing that we say we are, we will respect their inherent worth and dignity and their being part of the interdependent web of which we are all a part. 